To Beyond Void Horror Podcast. That's right. It's front two four. I mean, episode two four two, <laughs> and we're, we're going to be talking about some fun movies today. We went sci-fi this week because we've been. That's what you felt like. Yeah, I felt like a sci-fi kind of week. You know right. what I mean? I could probably do more, but uh, some of these films are a little bit of a slog uh, to get through. Um, but they are still very interesting, and some of you may like them. So. We're going to go over them in our reviews, of course. We're going to be doing Night Flyers from 1987 and... Moontrap from 1989, back to the 80s. Right. And if you guys are fans of the famous HBO show... Game of Thrones. Right. Then you might be interested in this episode because George R.R. R. Martin did write one of these movies. Which one? Ooh. You'll have to wait and see. It's a, Yeah, I'll just tell you. It's Night Flyers. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it's interesting, which that actually got a show later on. Um, that is way later on. Yeah, it's like recent, like within the last year or two. Which is probably it's probably because of Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Uh... There's some interesting trivia on this movie, uh, by the way, that we'll talk about. Uh, that George R. R. Martin had to say about it, and a lot of crazy things that happened about it too. Mm-hmm. So it'll definitely be interesting for you guys to stick around for that. As always, we got our timestamps down below. Christina, how are you? Oh, what's going on with you this week? I'm good. I've been working a lot, you know. I've been going out a lot. I've been working so much that I'm not going to be here next week. Uh, yeah, that's right. We got a <laughs> guest that's coming on next week. We got Matt from Dawn of the Discs, who is, if you've never followed them before, you should. Uh, Dawn of the Discs does kind of like release dates on movies that are coming out are physical. Mm-hmm. And sort of like, you know, discounts and stuff like that that are on Amazon and ton of stuff like that. So um, it's really awesome about it. Yeah, We just kind of bumped into each other on Twitter and just kind of like found that we have a lot of like interests. And <laughs> there was just a lot of coincidences happening. Mm-hmm. So he reached out to me and we decided that we would uh, do a show together. So we'll, we'll talk about at the end of this episode what movies we're going to do a review of. We're also going to do a little bit of an interview with him. Hopefully he'll open up to us about some of the stuff that's happened recently, and we'll see uh, if he's up for that. But you'll you'll hear that next week. So and you've been doing your Fear Street reviews, yeah. We've been them up on the YouTube, yeah. The new Netflix series, the the Fear Street One and Two. Uh, the third one's coming out next week. 
so or this week technically for you guys mm-hmm. um because we're recording on saturday but yeah uh i got two reviews of that up already and i wasn't gonna do it at first because i was just not that interested but i think it was a good idea i think it was mm-hmm. it's good you know because i want to provide you guys with movies that i think are good but also it's a challenge to myself to talk about movies that i'm not exactly fond of you know what i mean like mm-hmm. Goo goo bananas. Like everybody's been loving Fair Street. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's. Well, and then you just kind of break it down and you're like, oh, okay. Well, this is, this why, is why. Yeah. It's interesting to think about why you feel the way that you do and what things make you like or dislike a movie. No one's ever right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just, like I always say, there's just majority speak and le- less majority. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and no one's wrong on either of those. So it's right. just what you like. If you like what you like, you like it. You can't help it. <laughs> I mean, shit, there's stuff that I hated. And then decades later, I was just like the biggest yeah, fan you, of. Yeah, that's why second watches and stuff. And as you age, too, you're you're you could think more into it. Right. Well, and that's the thing. I, I think I'm getting to the point now where I'm getting old. <laughs> I hate to say that oh, on the podcast. Now? No, but I'm just I'm just realizing the the, the gap. Um, because, you know, when I say something like Evil Dead, people think, oh, the remake. Yeah, you know, exactly. Stuff like that that just goes, oh, God, man, 80s is just so yeah, far and, behind and, people and, now. And all the kids who love the Spear Street movie, which makes numerous there's, references yeah, but that's to not older true, though, movies. Too, because you know, they don't like the older movies, right. but they're going to like this. But we got a lot of older people who are loving this this show, too, the, the two movies. Right, yeah. Well, I, I wasn't talking about them. But I'm just saying, <laughs> like, I, you can't just coin it to that either, because I should have mentioned that in my first uh, review of Fear Street in it. But anyway, you can check those out on YouTube, and please do. I've We worked, uh, what are we, oh, recently we did a, a live stream where I actually wrote music for the first time in like a really long time and let me tell you guys for someone that hasn't written music in a long time to go online and then have people watch them make music is really difficult because it's a very personal thing Mm -hmm. and it's not it's a very tedious thing but we ended up coming up with the end or outro of our youtube videos Mm -hmm. on the live stream so if you want to go back and check out the Twitch VOD for that, you can check it out or just check out the new video and see the final product. Well, it's good. <laughs> I like it. I and, think it sounds good. And you redid the background image and stuff, too. Yeah. So. I, I'm always tweaking things every once in a while. Mm-hmm. That's like part of the process, right? Join us. Yeah. I, I always Beyond like that. Beyond the void. Yeah. Join us. <laughs> Beyond the void. Anyway. But yeah, it's not like black ops or anything like that, but you can definitely hear. Oh, you can hear it totally. You can hear my style in there. Mm-hmm. I'm the melody guy you know so Mm -hmm. there's layers but uh yeah is there anything exciting that you're looking forward to or halloween oh already it's the next holiday so oh well labor day is it labor day yes labor day comes around and that's when i start decorating you know Mm because you know you got that monday off so it's like okay time to take out pumpkins (laughs) you know so i'm ready i'm saying like what movies like are you interested in watching oh Oh shit! Well, well, ha- I did like that Halloween Kills trailer. Oh, I that's think, true. Yeah. I think we already talked about that. Not really. We haven't. I, oh. I mean, I liked the trailer. Right, because I wasn't too fond of of the last movie. The the first one. Yeah, the first one it was okay, yeah. but or the second one. They jam packed that trailer, so either everything is in the trailer, right? Or, you know, but I don't care. I'll still watch it. Right. You know, so I'm sorry to like, that. Is it? Yeah, because like trailers sometimes are misleading. Mm-hmm. They show a little too much. They show, and it's funny. Like they had an interview with the fucking producer or whatever about the trailer showing. Oh. 
too oh, much because yeah. everybody was so upset. Right. And he was like, look, dude, I can't win. Like, if I don't show you too much, then you get mad because it looks garbage. Right. If I show you too much, then you get mad because I showed you too much. Right. He's like, I can't win. So I got to do so something. True. That's so true. So, I mean, I definitely agree. Really, if the truth is, guys, if you already know you're going to watch a movie, fuck watching the trailer. That's yeah, all you gotta that's, do. That's my thing about it. If you it. have the willpower, just don't watch the trailer and be surprised because I find that most movies that you go in blind on are usually better than what the trailer kind of does because mm-hmm. there's this extra layer that your, your mind is anything. going through. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, the trailer made me feel this way. So mm-hmm. I have this expectation going into it. The I only- think you have that ex- you have that expectation with the, the Pet Cemetery movie. I, li- I didn't mind it. Well, I know you didn't, but you were like, you were like kind of mad about the trailer. I remember. Yeah, that was one of the big ones. That yeah. was a big infraction. But see, but that is exactly the reason why I didn't watch the It trailers when uh, the first It came out. Right. Okay. Which the second I, one wasn't all that great. We, did we ever do a review on the second one? Yeah, we did. Did you? I don't remember. We did. We just didn't do a big hullabaloo about it. I didn't do the like funny little skit intro that I did. I don't think <laughs> I planned on it, but it's just a lot of work. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know. There's a couple of other things, a lot of indie movies that are coming out that I'm actually kind of looking to watch. Um, I'm probably going to start fucking pounding movies without reviewing them. Um, there's some times where I've been just thinking to myself like, because, like, I feel guilty when I don't watch a movie and then review it. But it Why? takes so much time to do that. It's like I either have one week to do one or two of those movies for mm-hmm. the podcast or I have, you know, two or three days to spend to do, you know, three different reviews on the episode. And sometimes those are on YouTube, excuse me. And sometimes those take fucking like three, four hours. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. You might come into problems that, that the software doesn't work. I don't know. Just watch. That's all I can't know. <laughs> you know, we're coming up on our fucking fifth year anniversary, by the way, in literally a month. Mm-hmm. August 8th. So we got to plan something, Christina. Oh. Like, we got to start thinking about it now because oh, I don't want to. Yeah, we just put our head down and put our nose to the grindstone. And then we lift it up. We're like, oh, yeah, it's oh, our yeah. fucking anniversary. Things happened. So if you guys have any ideas or anything like that, you know, I would love to hear from you. Five years is a long time. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of podcasts that do five years. Right. Honestly. Oh, I know. Like, even some of the big boys don't last that long. Mm-hmm. So I'm obviously pretty fucking... <laughs> committed stubborn and stubborn <laughs> jesus yeah it's good god damn it if you listen to it <laughs> <laughs> no we've been getting a lot of uh, people writing us and stuff lately so obviously mm-hmm. something is doing well right you know whether it be youtube or the podcast uh, it's just nice to hear from you guys so i really really love hearing from you guys because like i always say part of the reason i did this podcast is because i didn't get to watch movies with people in my living room Mm-hmm. And I miss it. And mm-hmm. I, and this is sort of my way of sharing that moment with you guys with other people. So right. it's kind of nice. So I <laughs> thank you guys for sticking around, listening and, and writing us. We love it. And we're, we're definitely going to do a giveaway for the fucking anniversary. A big one. A big one. Yeah. So we'll have to talk about that separately. Not right now. We'll figure out what we're going to do and what we can get away with legally because, you know, there's a certain amount of money that you can only spend before it's We even. don't have that much money. Some anyway. some states won't let you do over $100. Well, we can't do that. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Some states are fucking weird, man. So, but we'll figure something out, guys. 
If you guys have any ideas of what we should do for our anniversary or what you would like to hear, let us know. You can write us on any of our stuff, our emails attached to places, or you can just write us on social media. Would love to hear from you. But I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots! All right, guys, so we picked one of the movies to do this week, and we decided to go with Moontrap from 1989, and we're calling this a Moon Bruce. And, of course, this movie is about Bruce Campbell and fucking Chekhov, <laughs> Walter Koenig, who go to the moon and discover they bring something back with them. Ooh, spooky. And uh, it's a pretty ridiculous story, but even more ridiculous is Bruce Campbell in this movie. Ridiculous. Uh, just one or two moments in the movie in particular. We love him, and I'll get into that later, but there is a part where he smiles like a fucking goofy idiot. <laughs> <laughs> as a robot or something. And so we decided to come up with a shot that would be uh, something that would mix the, the idea of the moon and that. Why don't you go ahead and tell them what we put in that? Oh, right. It's actually a layered shot. Yes. Okay. You want to explain how you do that? Yeah. So first you want to put in a third of Midori and then you want to put in Bailey's. And what you do is you, you have to tilt a spoon and like pour it on the fucking spoon. Very slowly. Yeah, very slowly so it doesn't crash into the Midori. And do you then tilt you get the hemorrhage. glass when you do it? Uh, That helps. Yeah. yeah, that helps. But you only have two hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so then once you get that layered on there, then you want to do the same thing, but you want to do it with the vodka very slowly onto the spoon, and that's your top layer. And oh, there wow. you have a Moon Bruce. Which right. I cannot take because I'm still on hole 30 and this is the worst hole 30 I've ever been on. It's very hard. And now there's something that you need to do. What? Before you take the shot, too. You have to, like, smile at each other like a goofy idiot, like and, Bruce does in the movie. And then you have to say, T we don't take no shit from computers. <laughs> <laughs> there's another line in the movie that fucking, take a chance or whatever. <laughs> we try to, do you know what I'm talking about? No. Shoot that son of a bitch. <laughs> Anyway, all right, we got the shot here. Christina okay. made it for me. It she can't do good. it. Tell me how it is. I'm not going to smell it because it'll make me not want to take it. Oh, so I'm just gonna... why? It's vodka. No, because it's got vodka floating on the top. <laughs> Although I'm a little immune to it since I've been swishing it in my mouth for the past for two weeks. All right, you ready? Yep. How's that? It's not bad. Really? Yeah, it's not bad. It's uh, interesting. It does mix. Uh-huh. So it's not like... It's not like Multiple vomit. different flavors. Mm -hmm. It's not the perfect mix. But yeah, it tastes good. Oh, cool. It it's mostly, cool it kind of just tastes like a, mostly Bailey's. Yeah. Like I think I put a little bit too much in. A little spicy Bailey's. <laughs> <laughs> with that vinegar, or the vinegar, with the fucking vodka <laughs> on top. But yeah, guys, if you would like to try a Moon Bruce and smile at yourselves like idiots, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, Christina, you ready for the flesh and, and potatoes, potatoes of the sci-fi adventure we're going to take you on with Night Flyers from 1987 and Moon Trap from 1989. We're going to go ahead and do that right now.
work on uh, Night Flyers, so she's going to go ahead and kick it off. All right. Night Flyers from 1987 is about a professor who hires a spaceship to get to the source of weird signals from deep space. Deep space. Great. It's going to be one of those episodes. (laughs) The trip is cut short, however, when the ship's computer gets jealous because the captain is in love with one of the female passengers and it gets homicidal. Oh, that sounds normal. (laughs) Tagline. Where they're headed isn't the mystery. What's taking there is. What's taking them there is. All right. That's how it was written, okay? It's a long one. It is. It's kind of annoying, too. This was directed by Robert Collector. Who I believe also went as T.C. Blake in this movie, by the way. Weird. Yeah. Wow, there's some some trivia on that. Okay. Okay. Well, he also directed Red Heat from 1985 and Believe in Me from 2006. He is also a writer, and he wrote the movie Memoirs of an Invisible Man. You know hmm. that movie with Chevy Chase? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think they just put lot. out a release of it not too long ago. Right. Uh, this movie was based on the story written by uh, George R. R. Martin, which we said earlier. You know, best known for Game of Thrones. He also wrote a few episodes of The Outer Limits and Twilight Zone from the 80s. He also was the main writer of that Beauty and the Beast TV show from the late 80s. Really? Which I thought was really funny. Really? (laughs) Yeah. The screenplay was done by Robert Joffe, who also wrote Hotel Hell and Demon Seed. Nice. Um, And then this movie. Is it Motel Hell or Hotel Hell? Oh, it's Hotel Hell. Motel. Yeah, Motel Hell. I was going to say, yeah, that's a, yeah, it's with the I'm old s- folks on the front. It says goddamn H's and my goddamn <laughs> dyslexia. All right, uh, this movie stars Catherine Mary Stewart, who plays Miranda. Dorlack. <laughs> she was she was in The Last Starfighter, uh, Night of the Comet. Yeah, it's the big one. That's a big one. Right. Uh, Weekend at Birdies. And she's also she also started on the Guiding Light soap opera. Oh, God. Michael Prade. Who plays Royd, you know, the captain. Roy. It sounds like Roy, but it's Royd. Royd. That's terrible. Yeah. Sounds like ter- like a hemorrhoid. Come yeah, on, dude. It does. Uh, he was in Son of Darkness to Die For 2. Oh, 2. <laughs> yeah. Darkness Falls. Oh, the fucking Tooth Fairy movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, he's mostly known for his role in Dynasty. Okay. Seems like a Dynasty actor. Yeah, totally. Totally. Also starring James Avery, who plays Daryl, <laughs> mostly known as Uncle Phil from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Hell yeah. Did you know he did the voice of Shredder? Of in course. The, I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show. He was also in Beauty and the Beast TV show. See the connection there, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And he was also in License to, to Drive. He passed away in 2013. Really? Oh, I didn't even know yeah, that. I knew was he, he did, like the cab driver in fucking uh, License to Drive? I think so. John Standing, who plays Michael, he was in V for Vendetta. He was also, he was in Game of Thrones. He was in the the Winter is Coming episode, oh, wow. which is like the, the, the best episode, I guess. Um, and so he's been a fan for a long time, I guess. Right. And he was also in the Frighteners TV series. There was a Frighteners TV series? It says there was a Frighteners TV series. You know what year it was? Oh, no, I didn't write the 80s. It was That's the like, 80s. Oh, it was the 80s? Okay. So it's completely different. Right. Than Peter Jackson's. And then what did you think of this Night Flyer movie, Alex? 
Well, also, I wanted to mention um, someone else in this movie because the music in this movie is one of the biggest things about it, I think, which is Doug Tim did the uh, composition and everything on this. He was the musician that worked on all of it. Mm-hmm. He's worked and orchestrated a lot in in movies in the past. He was an orchestrator for Terror in the Isles, which is a documentary. Mm-hmm. He did Killer Party, Extremities, and Night of the Creeps, which he also composed music for as well. And Night Flyers, though, was all his. Mm-hmm. He'd done a bunch of other TV shows and stuff as well, but this is the more genre stuff, mm-hmm. which I think the music in this is pretty decent. Right, I do too. So, but this film is very fucking odd. Like she said, it's based off George R. R. Martin. I've never read any of his work, period. Mm-hmm. But obviously he was into sci-fi as well because it's just a crazy story. It's, it's a wild, out there, twisted story. And I can kind of see how Game of Thrones kind of his style is sort of like this a little bit, even oh, though these I are very different, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, the soundtrack in this, it sounds like two very different movies in one. So, which the music is, I think, personally very notable. Uh, it definitely fits the genre in some ways and then not in other ways. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, it's got this really crazy, great space epic music mixed with like action cop music. It's action cop for sure. Yeah. Like, like Beverly Hills cop or fucking like, you know, lethal weapon style where it's like, <laughs> it's just so. It's such a weird mix, mm-hmm. but I really like the space, like electronic, like sort of uh, rock thing he's got going on there in this. I thought it was really good. It's actually a, a, a an album that people like to listen to. So mm-hmm. I bring it up first because it's very experimental and it really honestly, in my opinion, in some moments really drives the movie. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he was trying to like get some notoriety from the mainstream with this movie, like his music in this movie. Like, he was trying to say, hey, look at me. I can do good stuff over here because the music is actually better than the movie (laughs) in some regards. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Still, some of it is kind of charming. The movie itself, it's it's very dull and boring in a lot of parts. And I can definitely appreciate the effort that they put into making this because it does have a very stylish look to it that not only does the, like, set design, but the, the, like... Even some of the, like, wardrobe that they're wearing is just well thought out. Right. Like, they really wanted to make it look really cool. And it's from a time where people really tried back then to etch a piece of their own sci-fi universe into the world, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but the story is just too bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, researchers are trying to find some signals they're hearing from deep in space. They think it's the Vulcran, who are highly advanced entities, but their plans are thwarted. And how do they know that it's Vulcran? And why do they keep saying that in this movie? Right. When we know nothing about Vulcran, they never mention how they know or anything but their plans are thwarted by when this ship that they're running that's run by a hologram or a clone that is a love clone (laughs) that the original captain wanted to take on a space adventure to live their lives happily together but died beforehand (laughs) and tries to kill the researchers off one by one through means of possessing them or just lasering off bits of their body (laughs) (laughs) like I, I, and believe me, I'm really not spoiling all that much because right. the movie is just a slog of a watch. But there's yeah, something yeah. kind of charming about it that I really like in some of the elements that I've already brought up to you. 
like the music, the wardrobe, the the certain uh, the decorations and the things that they did. It, it kind of has that charm that like the show Lex had a little bit. Mm-hmm. You remember that show? No. It was like one of the first streaming TV shows on Netflix when they first went streaming. Mm-hmm. And Lex was like this out of the world fucking crazy fucking green screen everything fucking miniatures everything TV show that was like a space adventure. And like even one of the guys in this movie dresses like one of the characters from mm-hmm. Lex. <laughs> it's weird. Uh-huh. And that was from the 90s. So maybe they got some inspiration from this Night Flyers. Uh-huh. I also get notes of sort of Event Horizon, like almost like Event Horizon got some ideas from this a little bit, too, because they're going out to research this ship that is out in deep space and they don't know what to expect is from it. And it's been out in the, you know, in places they've never seen before. So I don't know. There's a lot of 80s style on this, like out the wazoo, almost akin to Blade Runner on a budget. Mm-hmm. Plus, one of the characters that I mentioned that looks kind of like Lex. He almost also looks like something out of Dune <laughs> later on. <laughs> and, and we even get Phil from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So and it's just weird. It's just got a weird combination of things. It's not a great movie, guys. I think some of you honestly would hate it, but I, I, I don't know. Again, I just find something charming about it. If you have seen the show of Lex, that's a big comparison to it. So maybe you'll give it a chance in there. Still, it's not as good, not even in the so bad it's good kind of way. Just as sort of a forgotten dream that, you know, it's kind of cool to peer into and see what kind of fun and weird shit someone wanted to execute with literally hardly any money and little but anything but style. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So and if you don't like it, obviously, I wouldn't feel bad. (laughs) Even the director wanted his name removed from the project. So. I mean, you're not alone on that. And George R. R. Martin wasn't too fond of it, but we'll get into more of that later. I'd probably give this hunk of sort of stylish sci-fi poop probably like <laughs> four out of ten. And that's being generous. That's high. Jesus. Yeah, it's being generous because there are things about it that I admire. Mm-hmm. So I have to give it something. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it'd probably be like a 2.5 or 3.5, somewhere in there. But with all that other stuff that I like, I don't know. I suspect the book is probably way better than this. And maybe the TV show is better than this altogether. Mm-hmm. So, Christina. I fucking hated it. <laughs> hated it. It was torture. It was torture. Like, right from the beginning, it takes itself way too seriously. Well, yeah. Um, Especially for supposed being... supposed to be a serious movie. But it's so uninteresting, though. You know what I mean? It's it's not... I had no idea what was going on through, like, most of the movie. It's because they're doing a lot of long shots in this. Yeah. Like, they, they'll they really say are, something, and, and not... then they'll, like, pan out, and then look at the scenery. And, and then, then you fucking uh, forget what the fuck they were talking about right it is kind of boring in this sense it's really fucking boring and it doesn't even really like kick off and you don't and i didn't even really start catching on to like 45 minutes in really okay yeah and then it was just it was just crap it 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 was just crap it was crap the rest of the way okay (laughs) but like you said i did the set design was really good you could tell they put a lot of thought to it i love the wardrobe too man yeah i just feel so 80s yeah you could and it's so funny it's so far in the future and they all had 80s hair Right. Like it never, 
you know. Plus, it does also have practical effects in this movie, too, which are kind of ridiculous and kind of add to the movie. Yeah. And there was one scene I won't spoil that was actually kind of funny. A death scene. Yeah. Yeah, There was a death scene that was really good. Yeah. We were both really happy about that. But I mean, just pull it up on YouTube and watch it. Don't torture. Well, that's the only place you can watch it, technically, guys. Well, I just meant that scene. Just watch that scene. Um, but the characters, some of the characters were pretty forward. There were two female, um, computer engineers, which, w- which was, which is pretty cool, like, okay. at that time. All right. Um, I don't know. I didn't, yeah, the music was just out of place. It didn't fit. Like, okay. a lot of this stuff didn't fit. But now, like, that we know George R.R. R. Martin wrote it, like, I. He didn't write it. Or, you, you mean, know, he the wrote story. the story. Yeah, yeah, he wrote okay. the story that he wrote the story. Oh, I think you said like, music. That's why I was confused. No, I, I said, and then I said now. Okay. Okay. Um, now that we know George R.R. R. Martin wrote the story, like, this is one of his stories, and they probably had to condense it down, and we know how elaborate with Game of Thrones and how technical his stories sure, are. Yeah. That they, unfortunately, they just. This is way this ahead of its time. Really ruined it yeah which is probably why they had to do a tv series oh 100 percent, yeah so i mean maybe the tv series is better but, but whatever i was bored i'm glad it's over three out of ten okay well that's not that's higher than i thought you were gonna give it is it yeah oh, that's good though oh, i got more i mean some of those movies that are under five you know they're not terrible they're like fun this to one, watch this is terrible. i mean it is it's not it's not it's a really slow paced movie yeah we weren't even having we were tr- trying to have fun watching it but it just didn't happen yeah well <laughs> it's mostly because you're being angry oh <laughs> yeah because you make me watch these <laughs> shitty movies yeah well welcome to the fucking uh mst3 4k huh? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah guys if you want to check this movie out and see for yourself and see if we're just being pricks about it then go ahead and check it out. Um, maybe even watch the trailer just to see what you think. The trailer got me interested. Yeah. And the concept is actually pretty decent, like, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. But the sort of, like, switch on it with the whole love thing is, ooh, ooh yeah, not weird. to be desired. It's weird. But definitely very Game of Thronesy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, if you want to find it, just look up Night Flyers. I think it's, like, on there somewhere, the full version. It's not a good copy. It was very grainy. Mm-hmm. So, but we, we, we were able to see it decent enough in, in, in higher, bright, lighter situations in the dark stuff. It's really hard. So, mm-hmm. but you also, I think, can buy it on uh, eBay, uh, DVD or Amazon actually, I think has a DVD copy, but I think it's like a scan from the laser disc. Oh. Yeah. They, it's like an S video, you okay. know, format. Mm-hmm. So 480p, I guess. Mm-hmm. But we do have some trivia on it that's pretty interesting. Yeah. If you don't want anything spoiled, of course, you can go down to the timestamps down below and get our spoiler-free review of the next movie, Moontrap, from 1989, and then skip to the end to check out uh, what we're going to be doing next week. But if you don't want anything spoiled for Night Flyers, here is your warning. Director Robert Collector, like I said, mentioned that he had left the production before editing was completed. So during the editing process, he was like, yeah, I don't want any part of this. And they kept his name on it anyway. Wow. Yeah. He didn't want He wanted his name and did not want his name on this. I could see why. <laughs> Unfortunately. I mean, you probably should have smelled it while you were doing the fucking movie. Like, wouldn't you? You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. So according to Martin, George R. R. Martin, he said that writer-producer Robert Jaffe probably adapted his script from the shorter novella version since all the secondary characters had different names than the ones that he chose 
in the expanded version. Mm -hmm. So if you are a fan of the book and you have read it, there is an expanded version that he prefers. Um, Martin was also unhappy about having to cut plot elements in order to accommodate the film's small budget. While not a hit in the theaters because it only made a million and a half (laughs) worldwide, Martin believes that the film actually saved his career and everything that he's actually written since then exists in a large part because of this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So it was the inspiration that said, you will not go down without a fight. Oh, it pushed him. It, it motivated pushed him, him to do better. Oh, well, good for him. Because it he, <laughs> he felt, probably felt like it fucking shit all over his name. Right. So, but if you notice and you watch this movie, you'll see that it has sort of what they call a misty look, which blurs colors and details. This has never been released on DVD, but I think the... The laser disc was available. Mm-hmm. They didn't put it on Blu-ray or high-definition streaming. So this was a deliberate choice by the producers, the director, and the cinematographer. They wanted to depict a dreamlike state in an era before high-definition home video was even possible. So uh, they did do that in a few movies, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was a movie called Star Night or something mm-hmm. like that that they did that in. I've seen it in other movies. I think they did it in scenes of, like... Crawl, uh huh. Where it's got this like sort of I don't know how to explain it blurry look, like with the crawl, like big creature and shit. So in 2017, obviously there is a Night Flyers TV show that was it's a pilot for a possible television series that they made in 2017, and it was based on the Night Flyers. George R. R. Martin was being developed by Sci-Fi, and then of course Netflix stepped in and said, "Hey, we'll pay for half of this if you give us the first streaming rights." Mm-hmm. And so they co-produced this together, uh, and they they actually, I think you can watch it on Netflix now. So oh, if you're okay. interested in the concept, but not the movie, I've heard good things about Night Flyers. Patrick has always been, oh, honestly. have you seen Night Flyers? Have you seen, he always mentions it to me. So it must be decent. I kind of got like a mist vibe from it, the TV series mist, oh, where everything God. was psychological. Yeah. So it's kind of got like Event Horizon meets mist TV show. So it's kind of up in the air uh, but maybe it's better than i'm, I'm saying because i haven't right, seen it right and we never finished the miss tv show right but also the other thing about it is george R. R. martin is not writing for that <laughs> because he has a clause in his hbo contract that he can't write for anywhere else other than hbo right oh, now so it's just based on his writing so yeah okay. he, he gave it the go ahead it is based off his old writings they right. can't they can't do that they just say you can't write anything right new new you know for anything it's, else it's too big of a competition right well, there. and it's probably too big of a contract let's be honest yeah, like think how much money that. he probably fucking made uh, but he did express enthusiasm for the casting on this movie, on the TV show, and pointed out that it more accurately represents the character in the novella than this movie did, because the Catherine Mary Stewart character that she played uh-huh. was actually black. Oh, okay. So back then, they switched it for for her. Oh, for the actress. I don't know why. But yeah, he said he's much more happy with the source, it being closer to the source novella. So mm-hmm. the TV show, I'm saying. Yeah. Right, right. But other than that, I mean, that's pretty much it for the trivia for the most part. It's mm-hmm. kind of interesting to see how some of that stuff happens in the background. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody ever goes into a movie thinking it's going to be shit. Right. You know, I mean, so I'm sure there are people who are just doing their work, but I'm saying most people don't expect to make a shitty movie. They wouldn't do it if yeah. they, if they but thought so. It's, it's cool to hear about, like, 
the progression of George R. R. Martin's right. work because you know conceptually it, it was a good idea. Yeah, we just it just wasn't executed well. Right. So I don't know if I I mean this pretty much was considered a failure. But if he didn't have this such failure of a movie, we would have never had Game of Thrones. You <laughs> know what true. I mean? Yeah. I mean, like that just shows you that not everything's a home some, run. Sometimes the worst things that happen to you in your life are the best things ever. <laughs> and now we will turn into the inspirational yeah. podcast. <laughs> Everybody, get out your BTV <laughs> crystals and start shaking around your genitalia <laughs> while we drink the moon juice out of the cups and wait for the spaceship to take us on our adventure <laughs> yes yeah yes. now cut off your genitals and put on your sneakers let's go <laughs> this is some good kool-aid Has everybody got your purple blankets Sorry. oh my god it's horrible that's like exact <laughs> yeah whoops uh, anyway. <laughs> what are we referencing christina so the... heaven's gate yeah okay sorry bad taste san diego yeah in the 90s it's, it's insanely in, insanely crazy story though and we look at these cult yeah. things and i hate to say it but some of this political shit these days is very much like reminds me of it because we've watched so much cult shit it is that. And I see it and I'm like, oh my because God. That's how delicate the human mind is. Oh my and God. That's dude. how hard we fall. It's crazy. Information, dude, just information in general. Mm-hmm. Where you get your information from determines whether or not you're crazy. See, but did you know the Heaven's Gate? They were like the first on the internet. I'm not kidding you. Like they were the first to have a website. Right, where well, they had all their videos up that yeah, they were like. Yeah, they were yeah. very, I don't want to like classify people. They had very nerdy like tech guy, like people who are obsessed who were within the cult. So they were really able to push the whole internet aspect right. and were one of the first. And that's how they were able to like gain so many followers anyway i don't know just i think about it it's just interesting yeah that's like some of our bread and butter dude like when we're like not watching horror christina's watching like cult shit all the time yeah and i'm always like oh oh bailey serian remember that one time you came up to me with a knife and a robe and you didn't know where you were (laughs) just kidding (laughs) you had to hit me Wow! You better say that was a joke. (laughs) joke. Okay, thank you. I don't be fucking canceled for something I didn't do. (laughs) Anyway, so let's talk about some of the the scenes in this movie. Let's talk about some of the things that we really liked or disliked about this movie, in particular that we couldn't spoil in the spoiler free section. Do you have anything in particular that you thought of, like right off the bat? Off the bat, at the beginning of the movie, sure, or not really. just the like like the first 15 minutes you could just see how much attention to detail they they made everything yeah. well they start the movie out with like um Catherine uh Catherine Mary Stewart talking like narrating for, yeah like narrating for like 15 minutes by the way yeah and so like it's like them docking them getting on the ship them taking you know like a walk around and then it's like she's talking as they're doing all this and then they speak and she'll fill in every now and then. Yeah, narrative-wise. Like, right, because I think it's how the story was written, like mm-hmm. how they did it was through this character's eyes, mm-hmm. because that's probably why George R. R. Martin was like, yeah, it's closer to the novella, because right. she was the main character. Mm-hmm. Dorica, whatever her name is. Right, 
And then the characters, because there's Miranda, like a, that's her name. There's like a, was he a telepath? What the fuck was that guy? He, yeah. He, he could like read minds. So they're like having conversations in their head and he's like reading everybody's mind. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> they even like, have Phil at that one point where he's like walks into the room and he can hear what everybody's thinking. And like all the girls are like, yeah, he can psych my mind anytime he wants. <laughs> and he, and then you hear Phil and he's like, hmm, I could have a dish of that. <laughs> it was Phil's voice, man. Was well, I say I Phil, said, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I thought he said something about his clothes. Yeah, he was like, like he dresses nice for being a telepath or something like that. Yeah, but he said it in a way that was very sexualized. Yeah, and they did, they did, uh, they did hint that like him and his boyfriend were which, a same sex couple. Yeah, they yeah. were a same sex couple, but they didn't say it. They were they like, never hinting. kissed. They never did anything. Yeah, and I like that too because it's like you didn't see. A lot of that, you know, back, back then. then. Well, I'm sure it's probably in George R. R. Martin's stuff. Think about the oh, stuff yeah, totally. he's written. Yeah, totally. He's probably all about that shit. He's like, fucking put a horse in there. I don't give a shit. It's sci-fi, <laughs> man. Let's get wild. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I fucked a hamster with some tight duct tape. Oh, man. my God. <laughs> don't fuck animals, please. <laughs> anyway, pretty sure most of the people that listen to this don't do that. <laughs> I hope not. Get your goddamn... Get your bucket and your cow ready, cause it's all right. So, so uh, then we figure out that the 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 ship is uh, ran by a hologram, which I thought was just a computer. computer. Yeah, but no, it was actually a guy, and he was showing up per hologram. I don't know. It fucking's confusing as fuck. So, like, okay, so get this. So the guy who is showing up as a hologram everywhere, he's so stale. You can totally tell he's from like. England? No, he's, well, yeah. He looks like he walked off of, like, fucking a tour of Journey. <laughs> the band Journey. <laughs> it took the midnight train going. Okay, we got it. If anybody would like to buy a Journey DVD live in oh, concert, shut the fuck up. hit me up. Anyway, so, like, he walks off. He's got the long, like, mullet with the short hair in the front. And I was like, Jesus. Yeah, I was like, bad. that's definitely 80s style, but man, does it not rock well in this movie? I know. I was like, until you're... you get to see him like in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, dune sexy. Like, <laughs> you know, like he looks like he's from Flock of Seagulls or something. Right. <laughs> or erasure. Right. Like, if oh, this shit. is the future, tap me out. I hope I die before this happens. Well, and get this. Like, so, like, there's a moment where he keeps interrupting the main researcher, which is Miranda Dorica, whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. What is it? Yeah, Miranda Dorlac. 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 I am Miranda Dorlac, speaking to the Vulcan. Anyway, so. Okay. <laughs> it's her mind powers. <laughs> <clears throat> So she's like talking to this hologram guy and he keeps like talking to her without any kind of emotion. So I was like totally a dynasty person. <laughs> <laughs> My mom loved that show. Really? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, he like tells her the story of what like he keeps calling the ship his mother. It's the mothership. It's, it's like, it's my mother. But so, and he's like, I really shouldn't call her mother, though, because she's actually my, my lover. My lover. And she's like, what? And he's yeah, like, he's like yeah, I'm a clone. And I was made by my lover to be a companion on this long journey into space together. He was a cross-sex clone. 
That's what they called him, yeah. Whatever the fuck that means. And he's like, he talks about like how gravity hurts his body and how he has to sleep in a special chair and he hasn't really gotten up and that's why he uses the hologram so he can kind of be everywhere at once. Maybe he should stop eating sugar. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> maybe he should get on planet once in a while Maybe he should so get, he can get used to the gravity. Maybe he should just, like exercise, okay? Drink some water. So is he Come just on. like a gelatinous blob? <laughs> like <laughs> if he were to get on Earth, he would just like flatten? Wouldn't that have been nice if they would have shown that like that situation towards the end they didn't really express it he just has a cane in it yeah which is to he show that melted <laughs> he should have walked off the ship and just like, <laughs> melted i don't know about that but then they also introduced the psychic who you know like i mentioned before we were talking about that that guy is like his role in this he movie wasn't a psychic he was a telepath and, and it's it's like, you know, like most uh, psychics, like they're kind of always on, but this guy's like always on. Yeah, he can't shut it off like the Long Island medium. He's like going crazy. <laughs> like, and so it's like he's constantly hearing like echoes of like conversations that he's not near. And then he's hearing the computer talking. Right. And the hologram. Because it's listening in on it. Yeah, which doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense. I thought you could only read human minds. You shouldn't be able to just read machines' minds. I would fuck shoot myself in the head. Because the machine, she's the machine has a ghost in it. It's got a ghost in the machine. Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, so you remember that movie? I think it was called Ghost, ghost in the Machine. In the machine, I think so. Wasn't it an anime? It was and like no. Like... Well, there is, but okay, there was another movie that was about a killer who who came who took over a machine. Oh no, I don't know. Yeah. It was pretty, it was around like the 90s. It was around Candyman, I think. Oh, okay. One of the first things that we saw that was really cool is the guy who's the psychic, he eventually starts losing his shit so much that he gets possessed, surprise, surprise, by the computer of the fucking ship, which is just weird because they really haven't explained any of this yet. Mm -hmm. So he just starts getting possessed and uh, he starts attacking people in this lab. <laughs> Because Phil fucking, would he break his, oh, he got his fingers cut off. Right. There was a scene where this fucking kitchen blows up and Phil, I keep calling him Phil, That's but fine. whatever. His name's you Phil. know who I'm talking about, Uncle Phil. <laughs> he gets fucking his fingers blown the fuck off and you see it for like half a second. Like, and he's like, oh God. And, he, <laughs> and then they fucking attach it. And while they're attaching it, the psychic guy goes crazy possessed mm -hmm. and starts attacking everybody, trying to stab everyone and shit. And they fucking push him and the fucking. The laser. The laser comes to life because what happened is when the psychic. <laughs> Got killed or, or got possessed. His his part of his uh, power went into the computer, mm -hmm. and so he was able to use some of the powers of the ship. Mm -hmm. And he uses the power of the laser to cut the middle of the fucking dude's mouth off. So imagine a smile that goes wider than the fucking Joker, mm -hmm. and it cuts off his fucking head. Yeah, it's like trying to cut his head from inside his mouth. Right. Like, what is that? Vertically? You want to know how I got these scars? Yep. I was on a ship that was okay. really ancient. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> and it uh, came to life. Okay, I said we got it. We know. We Why know. can't I have fun? No, because this is a serious fucking movie. Jesus Christ, Christina. Let me try a little. <laughs> was, oh, that was the best part of the movie, was him getting his face and lasered off. And a laser come and just cut my face. Okay, I'm just letting you. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Stop interrupting me. <laughs> anyway, before I was so rudely interrupted by my performance, for you guys, um, this is where the ship goes bananas, and 
it's just like possessing people and like a lot of crazy shit's going on. They try to talk to the psychic through the computer, through the old Apple computer, <laughs> the green screen <laughs> Apple computer. With they, DOS. Yeah. No, there's no was DOS it, was, on fucking was, Apple. Oh, Are you kidding me? <laughs> Sorry. DOS is fucking Windows. I don't, I don't remember. I just was like, hey, that looks like DOS. No, it's not. It's a fucking old Apple computer. You know, <laughs> people who know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. But anyway, they try to talk to it and they're like, oh, we can talk to it. Only every time they ask it a question, it takes like a half a, like a millisecond before it answers. I'm like, couldn't you just programmed it to just answer like a couple of seconds later? You know, because right. you know what I mean? Because it's like almost instantaneous. Right. But I don't know. I guess it's a computer, so it makes sense. Why did they just use their cell phone? I don't understand. I don't know. This is when we finally get to see Roy in his like true form. And that's when he comes out in some like sexy rock goth dune wear. <laughs> and he like he gets pissed at the fucking computer. And he goes to where the, his, his lover's body has been kept in a capsule. And he smashes all the shit around it. And I guess he shut it down. The I, I thought it was the mainframe. But they didn't really express it, mm-hmm. what it was. But you get the idea that that's where her body was. Because it kind of looks like a pod. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the ship fucking opens up a hole in the side and a bunch of people get where like one person gets sucked out right and then the hull of the ship has all these fucking holes that are decompressing the ship so they have to repair it they Mm -hmm. go out in these weird fucking like bubbly robot mech suits (laughs) that you can fit two people in which Mm -hmm. is really odd i don't know they did not look comfortable at all at all yeah you're like huffing people's breath in that fucking thing for so long. I don't know. And then Roy comes out and is like really cool, like little ship. And he's like floating around. He's like, I plan to help you. I don't blame the others for not trusting me. You know, <laughs> because like after he kills it, the fucking some one of their friends gets sucked out of a hole. And, and this is the other thing in this movie that fucking kind of bothered me. One of the researchers, this guy who's Phil's like boyfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. His name's Keelor. K-E-E-L-O-R. And he's just non-fucking-stop freaking out and screaming about fucking Roy and just literally everything. Mm-hmm. Like, as a viewer, it was I was very unhappy and I was really hoping that he would die. Mm-hmm. And he actually becomes the hero for a little bit there, right. which is even more weird, I thought. But Phil is just trying to talk him down. Thank God for Phil, because he's freaking out. And it's like super annoying. And Roy's like, I know how to kill her. I didn't do it before, but now I know how. He's got to go in there and destroy the mainframe. But Keeler gets in there with a laser gun or something and tries to destroy it himself to be the hero. Mm -hmm. And then he gets blown back and fucking killed (laughs) instantly, right? Right. And that's when you see headless fucking psychic guy half head half of it <laughs> dude this shit was fucking bananas yeah, so you just see these teeth and he's just, yeah it's just a tongue yeah, and the and, bottom and jaw the bottom, yeah the bottom jaw teeth and he's just talking to and them he's talking like how does that work i don't know that? and he doesn't have a brain he's so psychically like, talking he psychically talking if his brain isn't even right there I don't know, but it was fucking hilarious. And you could tell it was like a puppet or like a, like a mannequin or something like that because his body didn't move. But he's like, gets a butcher knife and he just starts stabbing people in their fucking spacesuit and shit. <laughs> like, and then they laser, Phil lasers it off, right? Or somebody does. Yeah, I think Phil did. And then it comes back again. 
And they're like floating in the ship too because of anti gravity, because all the air got sucked out or something. Mm -hmm. But what doesn't make sense to me is like, well, wouldn't you need anti gravity boots like when you were inside before all of that? I don't know. I don't know how that stuff works. It's really confusing. After Roy, I think Roy lasers the fucking. The, the headless fucking psychic thing. Mm-hmm. A- and the ship is like exploding. And she like the uh, computer wife or lover or whatever of Roy comes out of the pod and is possessed. And she starts using mind lightning on Miranda and Roy to get into their and they get into this like mind lightning battle with like sparks shooting oh, out of their great. head. <laughs> And then Miranda stabs that bitch in the back as the ship's like literally falling apart. And the funny thing to me is, how does a ship fall apart without leaking? Because they're not wearing helmets at this point in time. Right. I don't know. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like yeah. everything's falling apart inside. Uh-huh. Like falling. Obviously, there's going to be holes places and they're going to get sucked somewhere. But no. It's just like normal. I was like, nobody's got protective wear. This is dangerous. <laughs> but they they basically... Her and Roy, Miranda and Roy, escape through, like, an open hole in the ceiling, and they watch the ship explode, and she says some dumb shit that she had repeated to, like, the head researcher. Oh, yeah, like, as the narrator? Yeah, she's, like, narrating. And get this, they fly in this tiny little pod together, right? In the vastness of space. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, treating it as if it's going to be, like, this wonderful journey. Bitch, you're going to run out of fucking air in the next two mm-hmm. hours, and it ain't going to be no fucking party. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no power left, and the end, you know? like <laughs> They should have just shown him, like, stop breathing, and then gone off. Yeah, I don't know. It, was a, it wasn't a great movie. Yeah, it's but it's kind of funny. Like, some parts were kind of funny. Mm-hmm. It's just not an ass big movie. It's just, no. But we do have another movie to talk about. Thank let God. Us, if you have seen that movie, by the way, let us know in the comments section down below. I'd love to know anybody what they thought of this movie, because I, I feel like it's a pretty rare one. Uh, we do have Moontrap from 1989 that I did the work on. The space shuttle returns to Earth, but some of the equipment brought back on it begins to behave strangely. Scientists are unsure what is happening and decide to take all necessary precautions and head back to the moon. Dun dun dun! Tagline For 14,000 years, it waited. Dun dun dun! <laughs> this came out on April 28th, of 1989. It was directed by Robert Dyke. Uh, he is not just a director, by the way. He has also done a lot of visual effects on movies like Evil Dead 2, which he did all the miniatures in that movie. And uh, as well, it's probably why Bruce is in this movie, mm-hmm. if you think about it, because he's like comes from a long line of films right. that they've done together, pretty much. Right. He also did effects on Harry and the Hendersons and Angels in the Outfield 2. Plus, as a director, he even made the sequel to the movie called Moontrap called Moontrap Target Earth 2017. 2017, geez. Yeah, which I have not seen, and it has taken many years to get that sequel to happen. We got some story on that. Hmm. This is also, this movie is written by Tex Ragsdale. Tex Ragsdale's only worked on this movie and the sequel. (laughs) Oh, wow. So that's it. The music for this movie was done by Joseph LaDuca, who has also worked alongside Bruce and the Evil Dead crew as well. He's done music for all of them, including Asterisk's Evil Dead series. Hmm. He also did Xena Warner, Warrior Princess, which Bruce was, I think, in as I well. I think he's in it, yeah. He was in Jack of All Trades. 
Uh, he also worked on Cult of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, Necronomicon. He did the first segment plus the wraparound movie that they, they attach all the anthology to, as well as Hercules TV show and the newer Boogeyman movies. He did all the, the soundtrack on that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the cast in this movie is Walter Koenig is Colonel Jason Grant, most famous for playing Chekhov. In the original Star Trek series and all of the movies, of course. Mm-hmm. He's been in plenty of other movies, including as a role of a different character in like the TV shows and stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also in Nightmare Honeymoon and even voiced a character in the real Ghostbusters. Also, the director of this movie, I forgot to mention, this is his first de- director debut. So he never he had never done anything else before this. We also have starring Bruce Campbell, of course, as Ray Tanner, better known as Ash Williams for the Evil Dead franchise, but obviously done a hell of a lot more, like Mind War, Bubba Hotep, Man with a Screaming Brain, that he also wrote and directed, by the way. And he also directed My Name is Bruce, which I totally forgot about that oh, he yeah. did that. This also stars Lee Lombardi as Mara. She did bit parts in a lot of TV shows, including Knight Rider, a movie called Fear Stalk, A Tiger's Tale, and more, but not much. And we got Robert Kirks, who is Corman in the movie. He's a pretty big bit actor. He'd done a little bit in just about everything, but never anything like a real role, except for like one role. Um, he was like, you know, the guy in Risky Business screaming in the background or, uh, the outfielder <laughs> who played the Field of the Dreams. Right. He was in Payback, U.S. Marshals, and a bunch of other stuff. Mm. Christina. Oh, hello. What did you think of this fine film? Let's see. Do you want to hear the good or the bad first? Just do the good. Christ's sake. (laughs) So the story was okay. It was just okay. It wasn't like top notch. It was just kind of standard, I thought. The acting was good. The music was great. Like you said, it fit in well with this movie, unlike that last movie we watched. Okay. (laughs) Um, Right off the bat, I kind of got irritated. It's just a little minor thing that just me um they immediately started off with the trope where like something happened and this one guy with power doesn't believe anybody i love that (laughs) i'm like really the most annoying thing ever like are you fucking kidding me yeah there's literally an alien in front of him from fourteen thousand years and they don't believe it yeah he's like no that's not what it is i'm like oh my god i know you're just trying to squeeze money out of the nsa it's like like a conservative no i'm just kidding (laughs) It's funny because I had problems with the set on this movie. Goddamn it, scientists. <laughs> it didn't flow well. Like, it, it was, like, edited. I thought, even though I know nothing about this stuff, like, it felt like it was, like, edited weird. Like, it didn't transition well. And, like, all the props they used, because you, te- you could tell they used miniatures and stuff, because obviously they're on the moon. Well, and the director and, also used to do miniatures, so yeah, I'm sure Yeah, but it's like, his. they weren't that great. I thought the miniatures were good. I didn't because I was like, oh, that's obviously a miniature. Like, that's obviously a little... I mean, they could have, I don't know, smoothed it out a little bit. Maybe with a film or something. I don't know. I don't know anything about this stuff. You don't know stuff about miniatures. It looked like Team America, okay? It looked like the Team America (laughs) movie. It looked like there were ventriloquists. You can see the little bodies moving around, like, shaking while while the little moon lander, the moon speeder was, like, like, shaking their... They're fake bodies. If the, see, this would not have passed as a fake moon landing. You know what I mean? It right. would. <laughs> this is not a good documentation of a fake moon landing. But I don't know. It was just okay. It wasn't like great. It was better than the last movie. So I gave it four out of ten. But I did learn that you know that 
AI is will destroy us. Yes. It always does. And that's always been a common uh, thread with sci-fi, hasn't it? Right. Like one of the biggest things is AI. Right. So it's almost like we're destined to have that and we're going to end up putting our bodies into AI at some point in time. Right. So that we can co- like exist into the future. But and they so- will destroy us because... We're too emotional. It's like when you think about those movies where they talk about like people becoming pure energy or right. like like aliens that are pure energy, like mm-hmm. the Vulcan. That's what they were talking about, right? And well, and then they just lack emotion, right? So they d- they can't feel, they can't understand us as humans. It's interesting. Yeah, but like I said, four out of ten. What did you think? Well, Moontrap flows a hell of a lot better, like you said, than the last movie did. That's for sure. <laughs> It's not exactly the most action-packed movie I've ever seen or anything, but it is a few leaps above the other one for sure. But while this one flows a little bit better, it sacrifices the style so that the, it has a better pace and it sacrifices it for its style. But I do like some of the the, the, the uh, practical effects that they did in this, like the makeup effects and stuff that they did in it, even if it is a little silly at times and made me laugh quite a bit. But they still did it, you know? They still made it look like a real thing in the room. They tried. Yeah, like, and I appreciate that. So it's by no means a great movie, guys. <laughs> but it is, however, a fun little movie that a lot of people actually really fondly remember and have a lot of nostalgia for. Like, going online, there's a lot of people. Oh, yeah, I think even people commented yeah, on Yeah, like, stuff. people are really excited for this. So, by the way, I'm not trying to diss on your movie. I just didn't have the nostalgia, maybe, that you had mm-hmm. for it back in the day. And believe you me, I watch stuff from fucking Full Moon all the time now, and it doesn't have the impact that it did back in the day. Right, because we're old. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, plus, we've been spoiled to fuck with everything else. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many movies. But this would be something that you would watch, like, late night on uh, Cinemax or, like, HBO. Or maybe you got off the rental shelf and you just wanted to watch some sort of sci-fi horror movie. Uh, it definitely feels a little bit more 90s style than it does 80s. Yeah, it does. Like, they, you were using newer techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It just has that vibe about it, as most 90s sci-fi horror movies kind of do. They get really hung up on all the technical stuff and not so much the, like, interesting bits. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any real nostalgia, as I mentioned, for this film, and I'm pretty sure I've seen this film when I was younger, so probably on one of those channels or whatever. Mm -hmm. Not sure if it's just the passage of time or... You know, just that the movie is just a little lackluster for me, but it really didn't blow me away like I was hoping it would. Right. There is some really cool stuff in it, like the cool effects that I was talking about that made me interested in wanting to watch this movie. And I wish we would have seen more of that Mm -hmm. in the movie. But again, it's a small budget film that they barely got together. There's even signs where you see the fucking boom mic pop in the in the fucking movie. Right, or you can see the cameraman in the reflection right. of their spacesuit. That's why nobody wants to do this. But if you notice in the movie, and I pointed this to Christina, they have a light that is up top to make it seem like everything they're doing. And you'll notice that it, they had to tell the actors to look down a lot mm-hmm. so that the light wouldn't show up in their fucking their helmets. Yeah, in the reflection. Yeah, <laughs> which is really funny. I was like, as soon as I pointed it out to Christina, she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then I could stop looking. <laughs> uh, it's got, like, some pretty awesome ideas in it, though. And I think that in this movie, they tried their best to make it work, what they had. And who doesn't love, like, a half-robot, half-human, used-as-spare-parts monster movie? Mm-hmm. Come on. There's a little bit to love in here. I'd probably prefer to watch Virus with Jamie Lee Curtis over this, <laughs> like, any day. 
Uh, plus, let's not forget, you know, Bruce Campbell and Walter Koenig are in it, which, let's face it, neither of their greatest work. <laughs> 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 However, you know, the role that Walter does makes him look younger and somehow cooler in some regards mm-hmm. than his, like, actual age. Mm-hmm. And he does talk about his age in the movie quite a bit. Bruce, however, was okay until, and spoiler alert, it really doesn't matter if I tell you this. Because it's in the trailer. But when Bruce dies, it's a terrible death scene. It really is the it's worst. It's probably one of the worst death scenes worst. I have ever seen. And it, and I mean, good Lord, Bruce, we love you, dude. But it's what the bad. fuck were you thinking there? And who told you to do that? <laughs> he's like, he's like, ah, ah, ah. He was like, screaming. And then he has this fucking stupid look on his face that they carry on, that they wanted to have authenticity and they carry it on later on when the fucking face gets removed. Mm-hmm. It's it's absurd. Like <laughs> that's why I said you gotta look at each other all stupid and smile like an idiot. That's for why. the moon Bruce shot. <laughs> so I don't know. All in all, this is a moderately good sci-fi robot monster moon movie for me. It's got good ideas in it, and I enjoyed watching it. But it's not going to be for everyone. It's just average. Maybe a little slightly above average in some departments, probably more than for the nostalgia crowd and not the people who are not used to the 80s, like myself, who keeps dry humping the 80s until I try to come, but I can't anymore because I'm too old. (laughs) (laughs) I'd give it at least a 5.5. I'd say 5.5 on the nose with a tentative. eh, I might buy it later if it's really cheap or something. Mm -hmm. Still. It's a neat little sci-fi movie with a few laughs, but not as big all the way kind. And I'm sorry to those who love the film. It's just, it wasn't for me. And I wish I would have seen it when I was younger and and, had fonder memories of it. Yeah. I could just see Star Trek fans, too. Yeah, I mean, this shit up. And, and and hey, I might be wrong. I mean, you know, like maybe it's for you and you want to give it a shot. There's a 1080p copy up online right now or you can even pick up the DVD or no, I'm sorry, the, the Blu-ray. Actually, you can pick the Blu-ray for up for like 20 bucks, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's don't worry about the uncut or anything like that. Just get the copy. It's fine. <laughs> I can't imagine that the fucking extra gore or whatever, if there was a copy with extra gore, would matter anyway. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was looked it up beforehand, and I'm glad I didn't buy it on a whim because I was excited for this one. I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the one. Did it at least... Did it at least tickle your horror sci-fi itch? It, it did. Not, not as heavy as I wanted it, but, you know, again, we're talking about sci-fi and... There's very few, one of my favorite sort of indie sci-fi horror movies is always going to be Galaxy of Terror. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I love the aesthetics in it. I love the set design. I love that they kind of like did the whole, you know, paint the back wall to make it look like it, the way that they shot it, mm-hmm. the actors, the the things that happen in the movie. Like, it's super fucking sci-fi good. But there is, you know, there is a large gap between good sci-fi and bad sci-fi. Right. And unfortunately, that gap is really wide. (laughs) You know what I mean? So while I love sci-fi and I like to see it in some movies, uh, and some people don't even like to classify some sci-fi as horror, but I think it goes well with each other. Mm -hmm. How gravity could be considered a fucking horror movie. Right. You know what I mean? Right. There's people that are scared of the fucking, of going into space. There's people scared of going in the water. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh shit, 
That Jeff Bezos goes into space this week. That's right. Let's see if he comes back, huh? Yeah. Maybe we'll all get a discount. <laughs> yeah, I th- I find it kind of odd. He stepped down as CEO before he's leaving. Did you know that? Did he? Yeah, he stepped on Monday. He stepped down as CEO of Amazon. If he doesn't come back? No, he already stepped down. He's not CEO of Amazon anymore. Really? Yeah, somebody else is running it. It's very suspicious. I don't know. Very suspicious. Do you think he'll come make it back? Oh. Tell, tell him who he, he took with him. Oh, okay. So since we're on this topic, so I learned, and it's kind of cool, that Jeff, Jeff Bezos is actually taking an 80-year-old woman with him. Now, this woman, she was actually one of the first female um, aviators, and she actually trained for the astronaut program like from the beginning but they never chose her to they go up her. there yeah. they never chose her because so, she was a woman so he there's actually footage you can look it up on youtube of him telling her that he's taking her with him up there 86 years old and she's going no, she's up like in a 80, fucking rocket. she's like 80 are they going up in a rocket or a ship just to like lose gravity and come back down uh, that's what i think is happening yeah so they're doing what they do in the fucking movies yeah exactly. where they go up for like five but minutes i mean you know that's to be one of the She's first. She's gonna like to float around and slam into something. Or... Well, I doubt that. She has training as an astronaut. Like, <laughs> like yeah, but I mean, at eighty-six years old, it's I'm not sure like you're she's spry. Be you know, buckled in. And shit. I hope she'll be all right. But I Bezos, be I don't right really too. care. I thought. <laughs> I think that's 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 just kind of weird. Maybe he's doing that just because. Never mind. I'm gonna shut up. I don't know. Maybe me. He's like he's always wanted to do it. And he was like, you know what? If I'm not going to be the CEO anymore and chief officer, he's still going to get paid a fuck ton of money. Well, I know that. I know that. I was just, <sighs> I, I just think it's really it, kind of him to take her with. I'm, which I, you hear all these evil things but, about but him. But let's put it this way: uh, even sociopaths do nice things because yeah, well, it, it seems it's nice. It's an image thing, and I was right. thinking I wasn't going to say the things about his ex-wife because his ex-wife has done all these things and donated all this money. I just want to know when's he going to do face. next the next nude shoot, like that he's going to share the pics with. Because last time he shared them out with everybody. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you don't remember no? when somebody leaked his cell phone images and he was like sending nudes to like some people oh, and he got fucking like I didn't remember, reported I didn't on that. that shit. And he was like, look, I'm just going to come out. I don't even care. Here's all my pictures. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. So, well, what are you going to do? You I'm going to make a calendar. Sell that shit on Amazon. Cheap. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's get into some of the fucking trivia, by the way. Off track, off track. (laughs) So, I'm sorry, guys. We just get off on a tangent sometimes. So, if you don't want anything spoiled for Moontrap and you want to check it out, you can go online and check it out on YouTube or pick up a copy if you'd like. I don't know that... Oh, I think you can actually watch it on Tubi or something like that. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? I think so. I think it's this one. I can't remember. I know Nightflyers you couldn't, but Moontrap you can pretty much find on Tubi, Voodoo... Um, Did we watch it on or YouTube? We watched it on YouTube. Oh, there was a 1080p oh. copy, so I was like, All "Oh right. hell yeah!" Uh, I didn't put it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Timestamps down below if you want to skip to see what we're doing next week. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So, guess what the moon dust was made out of? Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Cigarette ash. No, it's quick dry cement. Oh, that's not interesting. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense though, right? Yeah. So the NASA control room that they filmed in mm-hmm. was actually filmed in Enrico Fermi Nuclear Reactor Number 2, located in south of Troy, Michigan, in French Town Chapter. Mm. And it's, uh, you even see in the movie, there's like a lighted circular display. So if you watch this movie again, guys, or watch it now, it'll, you'll see on the panel, it actually says 
the rod positions and in a reactor. So you can kind of. Oh, kinda, my God. Yeah. So there's a little Easter it's egg weird. that you can kind of check out. Uh, many of the sets for this movie were built the day before they were used, too. Really? So, yeah. You That's why, tell. again, they trade pacing for style. Mm-hmm. Well, you can even tell with their astronaut suits, it looks like they got them at Spirit Halloween. Like, I'm not kidding. I don't know about well, that. It wasn't around back then, but it. Yeah, it, even today, you can't get a good spacesuit like that. I'm sorry. I think you're wrong about that. You're wrong. You're making, you're just being exaggerative. I'm not. I didn't mm-hmm. like. I remember staring at it, seeing the stitches. She's a liar, guys. And I'm just... like, you can't wear that to space. You would blow up. You wouldn't blow up. You know what I mean. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever space does. <laughs> I don't know. Definitely not explode. Well, would you, you can, suffocate. It, would, it might suck your eyes out. Like it might make your eyes bleed. All I can think about is Total Recall. Like when they got sucked out, and then their eyes, like that. The, and the, you know, it looks like you're going to explode. That's what happens. Yeah, there's it a was lot in of the movie. There's a lot of falsehoods when it comes to uh, space and and the movies. Uh, the one thing they did do right in this movie is that there was no sound. When they were on the moon, just their right. voices. Yeah, that was that was. Weird. Which is probably like a really uh, cheap way to make a movie. They say you don't have to pay folly or <laughs> you know, <laughs> have anybody like make steps in the snow <laughs> or something like that to right. m- mimic the fucking the sound the sound of, yeah. of the moon or whatever. I was right about the carbon dated thing, by the way. Right. Remember when we were watching the movie and they go to space? And they carbon dated the alien? There was an alien floating in space for like 40,000 years, supposedly. And they grabbed this like little leather egg that turns into a fucking robot or whatever. It's like a Decepticon. (laughs) Wait. Decepticon. Uh, I, but yeah, they they basically in the movie they're like, oh, this is we carbon dated it, and it's uh, over fourteen thousand years old or something like that. And I'm like, immediately you're like, how the hell did they carbon date an alien? Yeah, I was like, you can't carbon date in space. It has to be on the Earth. There is no carbon. <laughs> it's void of carbon. <laughs> did they did they point that out afterwards or? No, they never pointed out. They just they, oh, okay. they were just using it to try to wax poetic about fucking science oh or whatever. Oh my god! They just didn't know any better, right? I mean, just a simple look up of what carbon date was would tell you that they use how old carbon. There was like different periods in the Earth's fucking history right. where volcanoes and shit like that erupted and right. stuff happened where vo- carbon would date things, and that's <laughs> where they get that from. <laughs> it's not from fucking space. The moon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you knew the history of the moon, maybe. I don't know. Um, anyway, on April 17th, 2011, Robert Dyke and Tex Ragsdale launched a fundraising campaign for a Moon Trap 2 graphic novel that would be adapted into a movie. And the project was an, to, you know, act as a presentation device to show potential backers of the Hope For film what it's going to be about. Like a more effective than a script. Oh. You know, so they could see the, like, storyboarding. Storyboard, yeah. Yeah, it was like a whole thing that they were going to do. Um, however, due to the lack of contributions, the project was oh. canceled on June 1st of the same year. Oh. So it, while this movie has its fan base, and it does, mm-hmm. it's not that big. Right, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, if you do something and you really like it, you know, I think it's cool that they actually got the movie made. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think that's really right. cool. And I like that the Night Flyers got salvaged, too, and turned into something, something too. Something else, yeah. 
But yeah, so it was like in 2014, on February 5th, a Facebook account was created for Moontrap Target Earth. And the first post said, watch this space for news about Moontrap Target Earth, now in pre-production with the original Moontrap creative team. Two days later, a post about on the Moontrap Target Earth page confirmed the legitimacy of a new project. Moontrap Target Earth is not a direct sequel to the original feature, but instead a new standalone adventure. The plot is described as an archaeological dig that uncovers a long-buried spacecraft from an ancient, advanced human civilization. A young woman studying the ship suddenly finds herself transported to the moon to unlock an ancient mystery. Pre-production began in February, and the filming commenced in April at the Motion Picture Institute in Michigan, and we know that it came out in 2017. So if you guys want to check it out, you can. It's up online. So these are two movies we just did. Right. With, that, like, yeah. future releases that got done, and I didn't even realize it. It's right. just coincidental. It's interesting, right? It is. It, it is. Just like I said before, it's Coincidences. Really, yeah. Always on this podcast. Um, so we do have some scenes we'll go over real quick and kind of pick out some of the stuff that we thought was really funny or that we liked. Um, so the, the movie starts off with the moon landing, the original moon right, landing. Right, the original footage. And they show like a little fucking robot head come up out of the sand mm-hmm. and like see, you know, them one small step for... For man. Yeah, one, one giant, giant leap for, for mankind. mankind. Yeah. And they go off, They, you know, and then years later they go back to the moon. It's Bruce and mm-hmm. Walter Koenig. But it's funny too because like they're in their spaceship and then he's talking into the recorder like it's Captain's log Stargate. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right in so, the very beginning. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was cool. Captain's log station station blah blah blah. Yeah, me not and, exactly. Me like and that. Rex Tanner blah blah blah. Ray Tanner are seeking and he's like passed out next to him mm-hmm. and uh, he he stops the tape and it's just a neat cute little like yeah you know nod, nod yeah to Star nod Trek to him and his career not the same music but similar right similar sounding yeah and then i thought it was really cool they get out there and then he th- he gets out in a spacesuit he's floating around and like dude he he's like miles ship. away from his own ship and he just goes spacewalking for With a mile no and a wire, half like every other space uh fucking movie we watched they at least have like a oxygen wire or something connected to him to the ship they didn't hear he's just floating around no it's not oxygen well i don't know it's not oxygen wire it's just a a tether yeah safety tether whatever but anyway so that he goes to this other abandoned ghost ship it's a ghost ship it's a goat ship really it's a ghost ship demonic (laughs) it's empty and there's this goats and there's this body and this body starts like it looks like a a fucking zombie body floating (sighs) it's just floating around like yeah just floating around and then he slowly turns around okay so like oh (laughs) it reminded me of that movie fuck life force where they had space vampires what the, why would we watch that? Because we didn't want to do vampires, remember? Oh, that's right. I told you that there's a lot of space vampire movies out there, and Life Force is one of those space well, vampire movies. I'm writing it down. I'm putting it on my list. <laughs> anyway, but the, there's a scene in that movie that looks identical to this, when they put the body down to like observe it. Mm-hmm. And that's when that fucking douchebag comes in, who's like, oh, I don't believe anything the scientists say. They're only trying to make money. Yeah, you just planted this there, because yeah. it's fake news. Yeah, we just brought it down from heaven you know just <laughs> yeah we went all the way to the moon with a yeah. body i don't even believe it the earth is flat like yeah. how does that guy get a job at nasa 
<laughs> or no, it was the defense self. What was it? Defense department or something? Yeah. Defense? Well, he was the money guy. So, of course, he, he didn't want to give more money to go back up there. What the fuck does he care? Yeah. But as there, all that's going on, the egg, like, you know, Decepticon shit. Decepticon. And transforms into. Well, he starts a. Claw- <laughs> <laughs> he starts um didn't he take the dead body and he he parted the dead body together he took pieces too. of the dead body and put it into his own body he like the the thing the the the, the aliens of this race are like robots mm-hmm. and they can like build themselves into whatever they want with whatever's around yeah like metal scrap human party yeah, the, body parts it used like the claw that they were using to like right. examine the body so that was it's a cool concept so in a way that movie virus is kind of stealing from this i i don't remember virus like virus they thing. use human body parts to fucking to function Oh, okay. The virus does? Yeah. Oh, my God. What do you... Dude, oh, have you not seen Virus? No, I haven't seen Virus. Oh, my God. We got to watch that. I have, like, a bunch of copies that we're giving away, by the way. Oh, yeah. We got, like, brand new copies. Yeah, they're DVDs, but whatever, you know. Yeah, take what you can get. I think Scream Factory so- put it out, like... Like, without a cover. So, are what you're telling me is, like, so a virus, like COVID, if it could mutate and start consuming really people's had to pick COVID bo- of all body parts things. to kill us off. Gee, let's not make it any more controversial. It could do that. So, I need to wear a mask still because the mutation is out there. I don't know what And I t- don't want it to mutate into this thing. Speaking of crazy, me. this episode <laughs> has been brought to you by Tinfoil. <laughs> Are you following along with me here? Plaid rap. Are you? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh my about. god, I should totally start that rumor. I'm gonna do no, it. No, please don't. I, I'm tired of it. <laughs> There's so much misinformation out there these days. People are fucking like worshiping fucking like crazy shit now. Like I just don't even understand anymore. It's like we're all confused and we just don't know what's happening. Right. Like, like somebody shook the globe of the fucking matrix and we're all like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like we're all ants like they shook up the yeah, ant farm they did. You know? yeah that's funny <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> what were we talking about oh the movie, oh, the that's, movie? that's that great the moon trap. trap i mean so i guess the trap is is that once they get you on the moon they use you as body parts but the interesting thing about this movie is is that there's ancient humans who have been around for thousands of years that are up on the moon and you would think they would have sloped heads but no they're really big breasted very thin and they and they have sex with walter koenig (laughs) (laughs) and they have a mullet yeah (laughs) (laughs) because that's the hairstyle the ancient civilization and they they did wear bracelets made out of metal so it must have been before the Oh, and also, did you know? Must have been before the, uh, what was the, uh, it must have been after the, the Iron, Iron Age. Age. Yeah. Yeah, I guess but that's so. not 14,000 years ago because her lover was like dead. 40,000 years ago. And also, did you know that if you die on the moon, you just turn into a skeleton? Like, that's, oh, that's it. Right, You're yeah. just a pure skeleton. No clothes, no rotting flesh. <laughs> No leathered skin on top, you know. Nope, you're just a pure ass. <laughs> well, and the other thing Halloween is, skeleton. So there's this part in the movie, like before. So when they come back, and the we forgot, we skipped over this part. 
We're skipping all over the place. Fuck well, it. Well, when they came back the first time, the very beginning of the movie, and they bring back the egg and the and the the forty thousand carbon dated body, it makes like it takes that body and turns it into a creature, and then starts attacking the base. And everybody's like freaking out, ready to shoot it. And the scientists, this is the funniest thing. <laughs> this is why I kind of like this movie a little bit because he does the most typical thing that you would think, which is let's. Understand. Let's let's talk peace before we do violence speech, you know? And he, he's like, give us a sign. Let us know. And it's like this evil looking robot with a human spine. And it has a red eye. <laughs> Which he's like, he's like, give us a sign. And it shoots him. And I thought for sure that his head was going to explode. I was hoping. But it just it just wounds him on his right arm or left arm or something like that. And the science is like, get that son of a bitch! <laughs> Just Shoot like that. that son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> and then, then Walter Koenig goes climbing through the fucking, like, ducks to get over its head and shoot it in the head mm-hmm. with a fucking shotgun because all the bullets are ricocheting off of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was weird. It, it was funny. But yeah, so they go to the moon and they, that's they the other- They have to go back. Yeah, they go back, of course- and, and like the whole time they just experienced that this alien from another planet clearly tried to kill them and they're getting signals from a base on the moon that no one has ever found but to come so, over. But just so happens now that they randomly start getting these symbols. Well, and no, it's not even the symbols. They get this or, light that's shining at them, mm-hmm. almost beckoning to come. And Bruce is like, yeah, but who's throwing the party? <laughs> and so they go up and they keep finding skeletons in the fucking moon dust mm. on the way there. And I'm like, this is a warning sign, guys. Like, do not go to the light. <laughs> but they're like fucking moths and they go in anyway. And that's when they find the, the 14,000 or 40,000 year old woman. Yeah, she's like in a coffin, but she's alive. Right. Like she got reanimated or something. Right. And she's not even hairy either. She's like perfectly trimmed, like everywhere. Yeah. You would think or she didn't have any wrinkles. She was like 20. Yeah. Like apparently her lover, like, like put her in this fucking thing to protect her because. From becoming one of the robots. Yeah, like he like died on top of her pod mm-hmm. <laughs> and like just like she took the, the arm bracelet off and whatever and mm-hmm. then like And then she had a hidden spacesuit underneath. Right. So- Which this is where they're headed back with her and their spaceship, their fucking lander, their moon lander, has been taken by one of the robots and sent into space or something like that, right? Right. Or they used it for parts or something. Something like that, back, yeah. yeah. And Bruce gets shot by one of the fucking, one of the fucking, the, the aliens, the robot aliens that jumps up out of the ground next to him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then he's like dying on the ground. And it, it really is the worst fucking death. I mean, I'll probably, we'll try to clip it for you guys just so you can yeah, see. Yeah, we need to post that. I need to show you because it's just really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we'll put it on our social media, like on Instagram or something and Twitter. Mm-hmm. So you better stay locked to that and add us on there at BTV Cast. So... But after he dies, the cool thing is, is that his body gets grabbed by the robot aliens and stripped. And the only thing they kept was his face with this goofy expression on it the last time you saw it. Because he literally looks like he's cross-eyed with his <laughs> face. It's the most ridiculous thing. What his idea that was? Too? I don't know. They were like, we got to keep authenticity. Or maybe they just thought it was funny and they were like, let's just keep yeah, it that just way. Yeah, let's keep it. Fuck it. Yeah, this movie sucks. Like, whatever. <laughs> we can't do that to Robert. And it's like, 
like, whatever, man, fuck him. <laughs> it's a joke, man. No, he probably created the model. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So they're so like they're running out of air, and Walter Koenig and the girl, and and like Walter Koenig's ha- having a shit fit, and he's like throwing it in front of her, and she tries to calm him by fucking him, right? And they they pop up this little fucking igloo thing that they have, like this little moon igloo that you can get into that 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 has like a space heater in the middle, and it's like producing some sort of oxygen, I guess, mm-hmm. because they've run out just about, and like fucking bruce comes up like in the window and he's all smiling like a fucking idiot headless bruce and it's, it no it's not headless. oh yeah because it was on a robot it's on a robot and you see his claws come through the side <laughs> fortunately they're wearing their suits by the way uh, <laughs> convenient the, timing yeah it was very convenient time but the way his arms move while he's smiling is kind of funny yeah we'll post it so <laughs> you gotta see it yeah I'll, we'll, we'll just put a couple of clips up yeah um and then, like, what does he do? Oh, he shoots him in the head. She shoots him in the head. Mm-hmm. She's never shot a fucking gun in her life. And she fucking one taps Bruce. Damn, yeah. Robot Bruce in the face. <laughs> through a window. <laughs> Bam! Just like Bam. Ted. <laughs> and he falls over. And that's when they... Didn't they have sex right before that? Yeah, th- yeah, that was before. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, like, this is fucking wrong. Like, this bitch is fucking 14,000 years old. He's only at least 50 or 60. She's fucking robbing the, you know, Ro- rocking the, the cradle or whatever they call it. Fetus cradle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, clearly, he's only like 13. He's like 13,945 years younger than her. He's at least 55, if not more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I didn't mention the other thing. All the other women in this movie. <laughs> oh, they're topless. There was, no, they, they were literally in the beginning. Another woman was killed. And then the other women were strippers. That's right. They were stripper bar. Yep. And then the next. I was like, this is a really good movie. Shut up. <laughs> and then the next Just woman kidding. was like topless. I'm like, really? Is that what you think of women? I mean, it is the really? 80s. So, yeah, they did well, think that way. Well, it's the late 80s. I don't give a shit. Like, then. I give a shit. You don't think that shit still lasted? It still lasts today. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying. I couldn't relate to this movie, okay? All right. Well, <laughs> you're not a stripper, so <laughs> maybe get get a job. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there's like this whole scene where they go to find the fucking Mooncraft lander. And they fucking go to the ship, and she's on his back, and they're, like, floating around in space and shit. They Oh, that's right, because the aliens pick them up and, and are going to use them as body parts, and one of the scientist alien robot things mm. is getting ready to saw them off. It looks like the opening of the, this game I used to play called Prey, mm-hmm. uh, which was, like, this Native American guy who, like, fights aliens that are trying to use people as spare parts. Oh, weird. Yeah, same thing, mm-hmm. which is another thing that we could talk about. But they're like trapped and then Bruce gets or Walter Koenig gets loose and then fights the fucking robot, saves her. They go and find the moon lander on the ship and like they're floating in space and he uses his shotgun in space to propel himself out of the place after setting the self-destruct mechanism on the fucking moon lander. And he says the most obscure, weird fucking one-liner that i think i've ever heard in a movie that makes really no sense did it to you the contractor yeah he goes goddamn like- government contractors and he floats out for five seconds and it's like boom i know what it meant because i'm 
Because they built contractor. a self-destruct thing on it? They, but the self-destruct thing didn't go off at one. It went off like five seconds after one. Uh, That's why. Okay, so I was right. I was right about the timing. I just didn't yeah, realize. yeah. It, it's government contractor because they're the ones who, who build that type of shit. Now I get it. Yeah. I thought it was just like his line. It's like, take that alien scumbags. You know, take that robo face. <laughs> no, it was in reference to the bomb. Gotcha. Okay. Now, keep in mind, Mira, the girl that, that we're talking about, the 40,000-year-old, not a fucking caveman, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she, she's like back on Earth with Walter Koenig. They're together, okay, because he's- Like cla- a couple. He claimed her because mm-hmm. he's a man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm like, what is she? Wouldn't she want to be free, like in the new yeah, world? Yeah, it's like, okay, I learned English. Okay, see ya. Yeah, thanks. We had sex. That doesn't mean I fucking owe you anything, right? And so, anyway, she doesn't know how to speak English. She just knows like names, mm-hmm. and so she's like speaking in very broken English, like things that she wants to say, or maybe that's just her acting style. No, it was broken English. Well, she didn't really have that many roles, so I mean, maybe. <laughs> Horrible. Anyway, she's like, I am happy to have lived here with you, and I'm just so glad that we're together, and it's over. And he's like, that's right. It's over. And he hugs her, and it's like really ominous. And then the next scene is like this junkyard, and you see one of the eggs in the junkyard. And they pan back. And at the very end of the fucking, that's when the credits roll. Right. And we watched all the way to the end of the credits always just in case. And there was something. Yeah. And it was like near the end of the closing credits. It's like you hear the audio of Jason, the character Walter Koenig played uh, to a NASA official about any possible debris of the spacecraft possibly crash landing on Earth. And they're like, we've already looked. It's okay. There's nothing you can do. You just need to let it go. And it's like part two, target Earth. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. but yeah, man, I think that. So you can obviously see by the tone of how we're talking about things that shit is a little bit more fun on the moon trap side. Yeah. Totally. So depending on your valid, your value of, of fun and like well, how much fun you can have, it could be a really good movie for you. But mm. for me, it was just kind of a little over average. Right. I have, I wasn't like an S big film, but it does have some S big moments in it. Mm-hmm. Um, just like any bad film does. But when it carries itself throughout the whole movie, that's when I like to call it like, okay, this is the complete package. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't stop being, making fun of itself. But there is some funny things in it. And I think our dialogue while we were watching it probably helped us watch it a little bit more. Yeah, I think so too. More, especially more than the first movie. Yeah. That one was a little bit of a hard watch. Yeah. Uh, still creative. Both of them are creative. It was nice to dip into these. These aren't the greatest movies, but if you have a little bit of an open taste to old 80s movies that maybe you have never heard of or seen, it might be worth watching it specifically maybe just for Bruce Campbell or Walter Koenig or just because George R.R. R. Martin just to see what it's like mm-hmm. see where he came from so but yeah guys let us know what you think about this movie as well as the other movie down in the bottom if you want to say online or write us personally or whatever we always love it love hearing from you so love it love it love it next week we have a guest coming on it's matt from dawn of the discs as i mentioned what are you watching we are going to be watching two later movies we're going to be watching phantoms from 1998 and I think the relic was 2004. Oh, wow. 
I can't remember. Just, I saw that in the theater. We just bought that on DVD. I know. That's why I was like, okay, cool. Let's watch that. Yeah. Because I mentioned, like, me and him were having a little bit of a tough time trying to figure out what we would watch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, suggesting things. And I was like, mm, what about Phantoms? So I was like, he's like, I actually really like that movie. It's been a while. So maybe we should watch it again and then review it. And I was like, what would go with it? And I was like, the blob 1988 would go perfect with it, in my opinion. But I've done that to death and I can't do that movie again. I love watching it. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. and he was like, what about the relic? And I was like, oh, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> So these are both ancient creatures of sorts mm-hmm. that come back to the future and gonna go back in time. <laughs> so uh, hopefully you guys can uh, check that out with us. You can, I think, rent both of them and uh, I'll try to look up and see where they are online. I always just do a Google search mm-hmm. with the year that the movie came out after I find the year. And Google usually shows you where you can rent it or you know, see it for free. Maybe it's on Tubi or something like that. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend watching these ones because I think they're going to be fun to talk about. So I'm, I'm looking forward to next week, guys. Hope you are too. But yeah, other than that, thank you so much for coming by this week and sharing your time with us. We'll see you next time. A brand new episode of Beyond the Void. As always, Long live the void. <laughs>